Mulder Was Right is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash mwrcast. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. Welcome to Mulder Was Right. We discuss conspiracy theories and alternative facts. My name is Curtis. What's your name, fellow? My name is Brendan. And I am Sakith. I thought you were going to give me a nice little introduction. So that's what I was waiting for. Oh, well, how about this? Here's Sakith. He's nice. Thank you. Yeah, I was just, I was just, here's this guy. So, um, how you guys feeling? I'm, fine. Uh, I'm doing pretty good. Just some fine, some fine, and some pretty good. Uh, yeah. just three of us today, uh, because we're we're just uh, cool guys, and and we don't need anyone else. We're yeah. great. Yeah, exactly. Um, I think at this point, um, you know what? I think at this point, Brendan is the only person who's been consistently on every episode. Yeah, dude. Was I right. think that's that's true. Brendan is the one person who's been on every single episode. I think I think that was before this episode anyway, but yes, I have not missed an episode. Perfect attendance. That's what they uh said I was good with in school. You're so. good at it being there. Being there. Yeah. Doesn't mean that I actually comprehended everything and, you know, understood everything, but I was good at being there. You'll at least be a, I showed up. You'll be a good husband someday. Yeah, at least I showed up. <laughs> <laughs> that'll be on your tombstone you know you at know at least he showed up you know that's actually going to be one of my ve- uh, wedding vows at least i showed up that's pretty funny yeah that'll get a, a good chuckle i among all the all I the elderly so. white people at your wedding i think so <laughs> brendan which is, is what i imagine your wedding will look week. like maybe it won't brendan is getting i'm getting married next week, next week. Way, folks um yep uh you're this all is, invited this is very false this is not happening at all you're all invited. This is an alternative fact. <laughs> Speaking of alternative <laughs> facts, um, you can find us on the Anchor app. Uh, if you head down there, download that app, um, and you can listen to us, uh, you know, pretty pretty regularly, weekly. Um, so, yeah, definitely tune into that. We talk about our alternative facts of the day. They're weekly, a lot of fun. So definitely check that out. Yes. Weekly. See, folks? Yeah. Weekly. We, en- we end up posting about weekly. Um, we usually, we, we usually do a big dump on, you know, one or two days. Yeah. That's a, that's a great way to put it. The quality of the art we're producing. A big, a big content (laughs) dump was the idea there. Dump a bunch of art out. Content dump was the idea there, but you know, we can call it whatever we want. It's our art. You guys can't call it whatever you want, but we can. Unfortunately, they still can. Uh, Anyway, let's get into the meat here today. The meat of what we're going to be talking about. Um, Pop quiz, what happened four and a half billion years ago? The expansion of the universe? No, that's that's farther, a couple more billion years. I think that's about like 13 or 14 billion. That's what I thought, um, but, I took a, but I took a wild guess. Are we talking like um, four billion years ago, was that the um, end of the dinosaurs? No, we're way before that. Okay. Uh, my dad was born. Your dad uh, is four and a half billion years old. Yep. Wow, I didn't know that. He's, he's pretty old. Um, Shout out to you, dad. 
Is your dad the moon? Uh, my dad is going to be at my wedding tomorrow. So shout well, out to you. It's tomorrow now. And you're here recording this podcast. Wait, when did we say it was previously? Next week. Next week. Next week. <laughs> next week. Sorry, next week. <laughs> you should probably figure out what day your wedding you is. Know. <laughs> or you won't have showed up. <laughs> my dad is the moon. Okay, so Brandon said it's the moon. Um, this this episode is going to have a lot of really uh, important relevance to you then. Okay, yep. <laughs> um, so four and a half billion years ago is the estimated birth of our moon. The moon, our only natural satellite that orbits the Earth. Um, it's, uh, there's a couple theories of how it was produced. Uh, some theories. A lot the main theory right now is that a big, big old uh, planet crashed into Earth and they sort of like melded together and then some mess got left in space and that mess formed into the moon. Um, other theories are that there was just a small planet floating by and the Earth kind of caught it and uh, we got the moon that way. Um, but that's that's what science says um yep that doesn't really sound like a conspiracy theory although those are other types of theories those are theories they're very much scientific theories yes. uh you could say they were a conspiracy theory if you thought like the forces of the universe were conspirators uh yeah i mean i i, I think that you could also um yeah 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 um so Forgot what I was gonna say next. So, uh, Sakif, what? Uh, oh, here's what I was gonna say. What, what do you have any nice memories of of the moon, Sakif? Any times you've been, uh, you know, any sort of personal connection with the moon or? Sure, I've I can uh, recall as a kid looking up at the moon and thinking how beautiful it is. And uh, if I remember right, also a few years ago when we were all in college. I think the red moon the rose moon or something like that the red moon or the blood the, moon or something the blood moon the blood it was the blood you, moon. you tried to make it sound much nicer the rose moon it's actually called the much. blood moon so the blood moon did happen a few years ago and i remember sitting out on the quad on our college campus with my girlfriend um waiting for the blood moon to appear that sounds nice like a nice romantic time it, it does nice. sound uh, especially if you spin it as the rose moon <laughs> the it sounds like a great time <laughs> There were actually um a couple years ago uh like four blood moons pretty close to each other and that was um this is not what we're going to talk about tonight but that was there were some conspiracy uh theories conspiracy theories about four blood moons happening back to back to back or yeah. rather like doomsday theories. Um, yeah dude that's weird. There was literally a book that came out called Four Blood Moons. Um that's and the it most was just someone claiming yeah. yeah, it's a good name for it. Um, yeah. It was just someone claiming that the world was about to end. Uh, That's the most logical conclusion to draw when you have four blood moons. As 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 people do, you know, predict the world ending. Yeah. That's happened uh, how many times? Like an infinity. Yeah. Oh, my God. Do you guys remember uh, the rapture of, like, the whole rapture scare? What was that, 2012? 2012 is the was the, uh, was Mayan, the Mayan calendar. Was the Mayan well, it was calendar the Mayan ending, calendar, but I thought the rapture scare was also the same year. There were there were other there were a lot of other uh, doomsday predictions that felt that just sort of got grouped together with that date. At the beginning of last year, I also predicted that the world was going to end um, on around January 20th of this year. Well, we missed that, and the world was supposed to end on September 23rd uh, with the Nibiru collision. Um. In my eyes, the world has already ended uh, as we once knew it. 
uh, due to the fact that Donald oh, that Trump was, was a, our president. That yeah, was an yeah. inauguration joke. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I that see. was. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right over your head. <laughs> I uh, caught that. I caught that like right before you explained it to me. <laughs> okay. Um, so yeah, I mean, I remember as a kid uh, staring up at the moon and 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 uh, you know seeing the man on the moon, that face that the moon uh, makes, just like the shape of its craters. It kind of looks like a face, um, and I always thought it just looked a little like like a sad man in the sky. I've seen the Wallace and Gromit short. Where they went to the moon and the moon was made of cheese. The Academy Award winning short. Yeah. Uh, have you seen uh, Journey to the Moon, the George Méliès film? A classic not, movie. But I have seen Gravity. That's okay, related to space. They don't go to the moon in Gravity. But it's related to space. I've seen, uh, I've seen a lot of moon related. I've seen that. They go to the moon there. Xenon. I've seen, um, Xenon. I've seen Iron Sky. Iron Sky. Uh, keeps says Xenon. Xenon. I've seen, I've seen moon related movies. I haven't seen uh, Moon, the movie. It's supposed to be good. I, I actually have seen it, and I remember very little of it, but um, it's supposed to be very good. Yeah. Anyway, um, and, and we went to the moon, America did, supposedly. Supposedly. We have a whole episode on that. Uh, I don't remember what episode number it is, but uh, we, you know, we talk about that. Yeah. Um, and while moon landing conspirators, um, you know... They think that didn't happen, but this conspiracy takes it a whole nother step. Now, what if I told you guys that all of your memories of the moon, everything you'd ever seen about it was all a lie, and that actually the moon did not exist at all? I thought you were going to tell us some kind of crazy Legend of Zelda Majora's Mask crazy shit, but... No, the moon is not following. The moon is not there. It's not there. Then what is that white ball in the sky? Is it some well, kind of spaceship? We can we can get into the what that is, Sakeep. That's a very good question. Um, I would call you crazy if you told me that. I and and that seems fair, right? I would feel. Uh, I just learned this today that the moon is fake, and um, at first I thought it was crazy. Um, and I still kind of think it's crazy, but we're here doing this episode, so. I kind of have to pretend like I'm into it. So I'm super into it, and the moon's definitely not real. <laughs> Curtis, you don't have to pretend. No, I have to pretend. Okay. Okay, guys. So there's really one main source for the cons- this conspiracy. It's at uh, one website, revisionism.nl slash moon slash the mad revisionist. It's not. It doesn't roll off the tongue. Um, this is really, That's the URL, right? That's the URL. This is the place to go if you want information on how the moon doesn't exist. You see, I'm a big fan of conspiracy theories that are all centered around one website. Yes. It really gives a lot of credibility. It does. Um, there are, There is another guy we'll talk about in a little bit. Um, this is the main guy. He doesn't, and I assume it's a he, um, and I'm going to keep, I'm really pretty sure it's a he, so I'm going to keep calling it a he. Uh, is he like sexist towards women or something in this or? No, you know, I actually didn't find any uh, blatant like sexism or racism. Oh, that's good. It, which is kind of nice. He, he really stays on topic on about the moon. You see, that's always a red flag in other theories. <laughs> just like, <laughs> just like a weird, subtle, slight racism in it. Yeah. I'm just like, this doesn't really make me feel good. Yeah, no. Um, and it is 
unfortunately uh, permeating. So this website starts out, um, and, and it's making an analogy about um, people who deny the Holocaust. And it's saying that uh, people who deny the Holocaust are as ridiculous as people who might deny the existence of the moon. And the author of this website, who just goes by the Mad Revisionist, uh, he he heard this in 1995. He heard someone say that, and, and then it struck a chord in him, and it made him think, wait a minute, does the moon exist? And so he decided to take this like ultra-empirical look at does the moon exist in a similar perspective that flat earthers might take, where flat earthers just say, okay, let me try to prove that the earth is flat or round, just starting from no information whatsoever, just based on my surroundings. And so the mad revisionist is is taking that stance and and he has decided that um the moon does not exist he has come to these conclusions um and and we're we're going to go over it he's got a couple steps um the first one is well how can the moon exist if we can see it right that seems yeah, to be that like that seems like a pretty a pretty good hurdle to get over right yeah we can see it it's it's there it's in the sky it's in the sky you know, you've seen the moon, I imagine. Of course, I've seen the moon. Yep. I yep. mean, I think um, I've seen the moon, but you're telling me I'm wrong, so maybe I haven't. No, he's seen not the moon. telling you you're wrong. I'm yet. telling you you're wrong. Sakeem. Not yet. So he's he simply he simply claims um, without the help of so-called experts, how do you really know what you're looking at? It could be a hologram projected from various government installations throughout the world. It could be a large, crudely painted balloon held in place by helium and propelled by tiny sails and rudders, um, which is kind of cute. Uh, or it could have been different things at different times and different places, depending on the technology available to the conspirators and the culture and beliefs of the population being deceived. Uh, I really think you should stick to the hologram theory. <laughs> right? You know, like, I, you just picture, like, a big balloon 1830s fake moon floating around like some weird zeppelin with a big piece of paper slapped on it it's really like there really wasn't even any like flight technology before like the moon is referenced in in like old literature oh, we're, right? we're gonna get there don't worry I, okay <laughs> i was also gonna get on with brendan's boat boat and say the same thing but since you already yep, seem it's to our, be sailing down that path, yeah, it's our it's our boat with uh, tiny sails and rudders, or little sails that we float across the sky. Which is why the moon moves so slowly, he says. Okay, and that's why because it's just there's little propellers going. It's small, yeah, it's small, and it and it slowly moves uh -huh. across. Um, but we can see it during the day. Does yeah. that mean it's? Does that mean? <laughs> I have questions. Okay. So it's so it's in the sky, right? Yeah. Yes. The the falsification of the moon is in the theoretically, sky. Theoretically, theoretically, if we're talking about the the big balloon. Okay. Does that mean that there's multiple balloons on different sides of the earth? It may be. I think I think he's leaving that possibility open that um Because because we won't like we can see the moon at all times for the most part, whether it's, you know, dark or, or mm -hmm. light. Like out. somewhere on Earth, the moon is visible. I mean, I mean, 
I mean, but like you can see the moon during the day. Yeah, sometimes. Generally, most of the time. I don't know about most of the time, but sometimes you can. Okay, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just confused on, on like the, the placement. So, there, so guess. basic facts about the real actual moon. Um, the moon ref- is you see the moonlight that you see is reflected light from the sun. Yes. So, yes. um, the moon does not produce its own light. It's just the sun reflecting off of it. So sometimes you can see it during the day, um, if it's still a good enough angle that it can reflect some light. Um. If it's like right next to the sun, you can't really see it, I think. Uh, mm-hmm. um, but you're right. Sometimes you can see it during the day. As we all know, we have all seen the moon during the day, even though we don't mention that often. Like in culture, culture really has restricted the moon to a nighttime object, even it's though it a- is often visible during the day. Yep. Um, well, uh, it's, so, anyway, get- it's so clear during the day. You know, like, um, what's the word I'm looking for? It's it's not like so it, when we look at the moon during the day like it doesn't look very solid it looks very like clear and um it's not as noticeable yeah. yeah um because because the sun just outshines it so much and and at night the moon is easily the brightest thing in the sky so so that's why it's um considered like the night sun uh Anyway, so um, the next question this guy poses, like, well, don't all qualified scientists and astronomers agree that there is a moon? Um, yes, that is, yeah, that is you a think, conclusion. You think the, that at least they could agree? Yeah, there's some scientific discussion about many topics. But yeah, I think all like astronomers agree that the moon at least exists. Yes. Um, and so he says, well... Um, Shouldn't one be suspicious of such uh, an unanimity? uh, Shouldn't one be suspicious of such like universal agreement Uh, when universities and colleges are supposed to be forums for open debate of controversial issues? Even a layperson like myself knows that scientists are not supposed to approach issues with preconceived notions. Yet this principle is cast aside when the moon is at stake. You will never see the revisionist perspective, and that's what he calls his own perspective, is the revisionist perspective. Uh, You will never see the revisionist perspective on the moon being taught in institutions of higher learning, even as a controversial opposing view. In fact, in order to even become a recognized scientist in the current atmosphere of academic repression, one must pay lip service to the establishment's orthodoxy. Could you imagine a student who argued the revisionist viewpoint on the question of the moon being awarded a degree? He would be hounded out of the university in an instant. How can one explain such behavior from institutions that are supposed to serve as forums for the free exchange of ideas, except to conclude that the establishment has something to hide? So uh, he's what he's saying is that, like, why don't people discuss the possibility of the moon not existing? Why is that not a, a topic of discussion? Um, isn't that like a fallacy? Kind, kind of, yeah. Well, like, I mean, we, we know that people have landed on the moon. We know it's a fact. I mean, I mean, I mean like, disregarding that right there, um, like... I mean that that argument is is like the exact same argument as why aren't we talking about why the sky is blue? Right. You could say this about like any super obvious thing about reality. It right? is just it's just 
Why aren't we questioning whether or not we're sitting in this room right now? Why, why aren't we questioning why why the grass is green? Ex- why aren't we questioning gravity? Like, like there's a lot of just like the reason why we're not questioning it is because it's obvious, right? Is because it's it, it's like so obvious as to like be ridiculous to question. Pretty sure that yeah. people do actually question gravity. By the way, just as a heads up, and I believe I think I think. I think you are right, Sakif, uh, that flat earthers do question gravity notably. Um, and that yeah, probably I mean, other people, but it not it's not questioned in the mainstream. I mean, but like we sit here on the earth. Yeah. We sit here on the earth. Um, it's slowly accelerating upwards. Yes, according to the flat earthers. I mean, if um, we think those of, of you out there who don't know much physics, that is not actually true. If we think <laughs> about it, if gravity didn't exist and like the earth was just kind of sitting there there would be nothing holding us down. We would be able to literally go anywhere because there's no gravity. Right. Well, I mean, I mean, I mean, I mean, their, their assumption is that gravity doesn't work the way we think it does. Yeah. Their, their whole idea is that theoretically the earth is slowly accelerating upwards, thus creating that downward motion. And I'm not entirely like, we had a lot, I don't remember back to like episode seven, exactly where, uh, John Davis from the Flat Earth Society stands. So I'm not 100% sure, but I know that is a belief of some Flat Earthers. I don't know if it's the stance yeah, on the I think, Flat I think Earth Society. They, I think it was one of the things they had not come to a solid conclusion on, that they were still trying to figure out exactly <laughs> what is keeping us on the Earth and why. And one of the theories was that the Earth is slowly accelerating upwards. Um, other theories might be that gravity still works just like we think it does, but the Earth just is flat. Um, which yeah. still has a little bit of holes in it, um, but we don't have to go too much into that right now. But yeah, this this guy, the Mad Revisionist, is is um, sorry, a cat just knocked over my microphone. Is uh, <laughs> he he is uh, being a little uh, fallacy embracing in this moment. And, yeah, I mean, and I mean, he will continue to be like, I like the idea of of people people questioning questioning things you know people questioning what we what we know but like there are some things that we just know and it just is like almost 100% just like yes we know this so it's like not even worth the discussion it's just not even worth having that discussion it's like it's like when people get really high and then ask ask dumb questions yeah like 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 how does thinking work? And they're thinking about how thinking works. And I'm just like, it's, I don't know how to respond to that. Like, there's a point where like, if you want to take an ultra questioning perspective and, and this is like where Cartesian philosophy, where Rene Descartes got into back when, whenever he was being a philosopher, um, like the only thing you can know for sure is that you exist because you know that you are thinking. And so this is where the phrase, I think, therefore I am. Um, and so that's the only true certainty in, in, in reality, because all of your senses could be lying to you. And the only thing you know for sure is that you exist. And this is kind of like, technically it's like, okay, yeah, I guess that's kind of right. Um, but it's not a way to actually like live your life and make decisions and like go to work and go to the grocery store and buy food. And like, you know, you have to, you got to take some things for granted, right? You gotta, you gotta, you gotta, 
when you're you, driving around, you got to be like, okay, there's a car in front of me. I want to not run into that. You don't want to sit there and be like, that car have, might exist. Does it exist? May I could break or exist? not. Those are equally valid options. I, maybe I'll see if I just pass through this car. No, we don't think that way. We break and we try to avoid an accident. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, but maybe this guy doesn't. Maybe the mad revisionist uh, does not do that. Um, so he goes on to talk about who might perpetuate such a hoax that the moon exists. Um, he says, although it is impossible to fully fathom the depth of deception without further research, the primary culprits are easy to spot. First of all, the various secret societies and religious orders to which the scientists responsible for pro propagating the moon hoax have belonged to from the beginning. So he's talking like, you know, the Illuminati, possibly, or other secret societies. Um, one can easily trace the history of this deception through the Templar, the Rosicrucians, the Illuminati, and the Masons, by the way of the various scientists from uh, Ptolemy to Copernicus to Newton, whose observations, he has in quotes, have been vital towards putting a scholarly veneer to the moon myth. To this day, universities and government agencies such as NASA are full of quote-unquote, scientists of this kind. So he's saying that, um, like, even Isaac Newton was in on this conspiracy. Propagating that the, once again, the, the moon is not real. Propagating that the moon, yes, falsifying the existence of the moon. Yes. That Newton was like, hey, guys, the moon is real. Yes. Even though people at the time clearly would have been able to see there not being a moon. Okay. In, okay, in so, the 1600s. So, sure. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That is what he is saying. That is what this this conspiracy theorist here is saying. Um, <laughs> uh, so he's saying that anybody who ever wrote about the moon ever is part of the conspiracy. He, right now, he is he's uh, claiming that mainstream scientists who have written about the moon are a part of the conspiracy that the moon exists. So okay, there's so not... a... Go ahead. There's a secret club. There's got to, like, that's that's what I'm getting. That's what I'm getting from this, that there's, like, a secret, um, hey, the moon is real club that's, like, that's, like, people who are, like, basically supposedly propagating that the moon is real when in reality the moon doesn't exist, according to this guy. That's what I'm getting, at least. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. You're You're kind of right. Uh, and Isaac Newton is part of that club, and he, he probably was. he probably was the president of that club, and was like, "Yo, guys, the moon is fake, but we're gonna tell people it's a real thing. We're gonna make up this object and just tell people this yep. is a real thing, and we're gonna use quote unquote science to back it up." Yep. <laughs> so uh, he goes on to say. Uh, responsibility cannot go solely to academic scientists who initiated the hoax, nor the organizations to which they belong, which have sought to use this deception in their struggle for world domination. Many other governments and institutions have been co-opted over the years to the point where, today, belief in the moon is so nearly universal that it holds incredible sway over public opinion in our country. Now, I agree with him that belief in the moon is... Almost nearly universal. Yes. I agree with that point. Yes. What are people using the moon for <laughs> to deceive us? It's exactly. I, yeah, I, I don't know what sway 
me believing in the moon has over my public opinion. Yeah, see, see, this. Hey, was... you like the moon? Vote for me. <laughs> Tidal waves. It, yeah, this uh, was the this moon w- affects the tides. You're correct, but not public opinion. I mean, yeah, this was... I don't know if that affects people's public opinion of tidal waves occurring. <laughs> <laughs> this was my big question that was going to be next. Was just okay. Sure, we'll play the game of the moon doesn't exist. Why are we propagating? Like, like, <laughs> like, what do people have to gain that so, the moon isn't real? There is a little bit into this um, that he has, um, but but the next question is he poses is what about that moon landing that I took like, place? I like that this is uh, mostly phrased as like an FAQ. Yeah, like it, like these are questions that he's had, and he's just like, hey, I got the answer for you. And it is kind of a nice way to set up this conspiracy because there are just like a couple questions right off the bat that you have that you need answered before yeah. you can buy into this. You know, <laughs> he's not a dumb guy. I mean, he's kind of a dumb guy, but like, I mean, it, it, he's got a- it put together. His HTML skills are not very good. No, they're not. This looks like something that I made in the seventh grade. Yeah. And this website is mostly from 2002, I believe. Um, I don't think it's really been updated since then. Uh, are you, so you're saying that no scientific breakthroughs have come through to really, there are some more Change recent. The... There is another guy who's who's been on this more recent who we'll get okay, to later okay. in the episode. Um, okay. This this specific individual, the Mad Revisionist, um, he uh, has did most of his investigations, uh, you know, fifteen years ago, I believe. Um, okay. And maybe he he got bored of it and stopped updating his website. You know, as 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 people do. As people do, maybe he. Um, Maybe he died. Maybe they got to him. Maybe they got but they didn't shut down his website, so that eh, that's not likely. That's, uh, yeah. <laughs> that seems like an easy thing to do. Ah, <laughs> oh, we we got to him, but we just can't get through. We can't guess his password. What's his password? We we tried password. <laughs> we tried one, two, three, four. We, we well, what is it? <laughs> so um so he mentions here the moon the moon landings um and uh pictures of the moon that NASA might have. Um and he takes the, you know, the predictable position that the moon landing is, is was staged. And, and he agrees with the main theory. I mean, because you can't land on something that doesn't exist. Right. Of course. So, of course, he thinks the moon landing was staged. And he, fo- he follows a lot of the same ideas you'd hear in, in that conspiracy. Go ahead, Skeet. So, um, I just remembered that a few weeks ago, and I, I didn't get a chance to finish the whole episode, but Adam ruins everything did an episode on conspiracy theories and one of the ones they talked about was the moon landing. So go check that out. Is it worth checking out? Okay. I'll definitely watch that later. Very worth checking out. Um, since we are on the topic of the moon. Okay. Um, yeah. So, um, the mad revisionist says that, um, you know, 1969, when we supposedly landed on the moon, was the height of the Cold War and that the Americans wanted to get the Russians to waste all their money. And so they staged the moon landing to to make the Russians try to waste all their money getting to the moon. And we spent very little money doing which, it. Which, theoretically, that makes sense. Uh-huh. Right. And that's and that's mostly, like, the the main theory of the... Of, of, of people of the who why. believe the moon, land, the moon exists but don't believe we landed on it. Yeah. Um, uh, and, and, like, you know... Um, like they think that it was just faked with like pictures and you know the actual moon landing footage and everything. So all pictures of the moon are just you know faked. Um, the flat earthers have a similar stance. 
um, about about the Earth about about the Earth and pictures from space. Right. Yeah. Exactly. So and and he goes on. Yeah. He says basically that pictures of the pictures of the moon are fabricated. Um, I know uh, Photoshop. I can do it. Right. Exactly. It wouldn't be that hard. Um, and so he goes on to say that the astronauts who supposedly walked on the moon, um, uh, they 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 either were paid off or they um you know they were muscled into it. You know NASA might have threatened their families, uh, or something like that. And so the the astronauts just went along with it. Um, and uh, you know he goes on to attribute that um the moon rocks that have come back from the moon are not proof either because they are just some rocks um, that could have been from somewhere on earth, which, you know, okay. That tracks like rocks are rocks. Rocks are rocks. Yeah. Um, and he says that uh, the friend, the, the friend forensic evidence that the moon rocks are in fact from the moon um, has all been done by like NASA researchers and NASA cannot be trusted. Um, and so because it's a government agency, is right, that the because, whole idea there? Yeah, because okay. because they are the ones perpetuating the the fake moon. Um and he says, like, why haven't revisionists been permitted to examine these artifacts for themselves? Because if NASA permitted unbiased researchers to access these objects, the fraud would be exposed immediately. Now, I don't know what kind of tests necessarily this guy is going to do on rocks to discover whether or not they're from the moon, because he doesn't even think the moon exists. So if he's going to be like, I'm going to test these rocks. <laughs> like, if I handed you a rock, Brendan, and I said, tell me whether or not this is from the planet Nibiru, and this will prove whether or not Nibiru exists. Like, what possible test could you do on that rock? Uh, well, first of all, I would uh, attempt to smash the rock in my hand. If it smashed cleanly through, it's from Nibiru. Because oh, um, there are only soft have, rocks from yeah, the Yeah, they have soft rocks. Oh, okay. We have we have hard rocks here. Um, if that test didn't work, I would <laughs> I would get it wet. Uh huh. And if it didn't dissolve, I would know that it's a real earth rock. Because mm. because earth rocks don't dissolve when you pour water on them. Okay. Whereas rocks from uh, Nibiru or any other um, you know planet of sorts. Uh, in, including the moon, even though it's not a planet, uh, are very soft. They're very soft, and they just dissolve when you uh, put water on them. Okay. Um, my final test. <laughs> <laughs> Got a lot of time. Wow, you really had the answers <laughs> ready for this question. <laughs> my final test would see how dusty it is. Okay. Just, just as, just, just by examining it and rubbing it. Mm-hmm. Doing some good old rubbing. Yeah. Um, if large amounts of dust flake off the rock, it's from Nibiru. Okay. Um, yeah, maybe this guy is just going to check if the rock is cheese. And, and that's, that, that there is the, uh, foolproof way to see if uh, a rock is a real rock from earth. Yep. If it is, uh, non dusty and it has attributes of a rock. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, those are the tests that I would do. Okay, so yeah. Um, I'm not sure what tests this guy would do. Uh, those are Brendan's tests. Um, feel free to use them whenever you, you know. Whenever you see a rock in Whenever the you come in contact with this issue. Yeah. Feel free to test those. So now um, we're going to get to uh, the question, has it the moon been mentioned in texts and literature 
throughout history. I had that exact question. Right. Okay. It's so like he knew. This guy's got it all in order. He knows what people are going to ask. Um, it's almost as if he kind of realizes how ridiculous this is. I mean, at least oh. he's gone through the effort of tackling every argument that he's going to have against him. I I, you know, you know, it makes a lot of sense. That's that's kind of what you got to do. Yeah, he's I don't know. Yeah, he has at least approached the arguments. I wouldn't say he's like successfully tackled them. I'd say he's still got some work <laughs> to do with with these arguments. But, but he uh, realizes that they're questions that people have. Yeah. <laughs> and has tried to formulate a response to them. Correct. That's exa- a great way to put it. I will show an um, appreciation for the fact that he has at least gone through the effort of trying to yeah. answer these questions. Yeah, definitely. It is at least somewhat respectable. Yeah. That he's so- at least kind of looking at the other side of it. Um, it's giving us something to talk about. So that's it wonderful. Is. It is. It's making it easy to go through this. Um, so he claims, and I have no verification for what I'm about to say, but he claims <laughs> there is no mention of the moon in the English language prior to the year 1066. He does not mention what that first moon mention is. I would love to know what, what he thinks the first text <laughs> that mentions the moon is, but he doesn't tell us, but he mentions this specific year multiple times. Um, so he's clearly looked up something. This is a proven fact is what it is. Quote what it says on his <laughs> website yeah, it is a proven fact. Um, so rarely spoke of in these controlled academic institutions. Nonetheless, lunarists, which is what he calls people who believe in the moon. We are we are all lunarists. We are all lunarists here. here. Ed Mulder was right. <laughs> um, lunarists have been known to refer to alleged mentions of the moon in literature as proof that its existence could not have been fabricated. Obviously, they are desperate when they refer to works of fiction to support their case. And here he makes a reference to uh, Romeo and Juliet, the play uh, by William Shakespeare. Um, And there's a line that says, Oh, swear not by the moon, the inconstant moon, that monthly changes in her circled orb, lest that thy love prove likewise variable. Um, And he's saying that clearly in this passage, the moon is referred to as questionable, ephemeral, something that... um, comes and goes and is not reliable and so um now now i have a question okay and and i know the answer to it but but you know sometimes we just <laughs> most gotta... of the questions we're going to be answering up asking about this topic i think we all already know the answer to so 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 just to just to you know come to a solid conclusion here Romeo and Juliet was not written in 1066, correct? No, it was not. <laughs> Romeo and Juliet was written in uh, the 1600s. Um, yes. If I'm when Shakespeare was alive, I'm fairly certain uh, that is when Shakespeare lived. Um, and so we don't know exactly what that. Yeah, it looks like. Okay, so William Shakespeare was born 1564 and died 1616. So Romeo and Juliet was written in there somewhere. Uh. <laughs> and so what he's claiming here is that um the uh that Shakespeare when looking in the moon it wasn't like it was not reliable it wasn't always there so maybe whatever falsifying notion whatever way they were falsifying the existence at the moon that 
of the moon then wasn't very good. Whatever like balloon they had floating around <laughs> that was supposed to be the moon. <laughs> I feel like I feel like as technology just improved, they just were like, "All right, balloon, you've done your work." <laughs> Congratulations, we have holograms now. We got holograms now. They when holograms were invented, they were like, "God damn, we can really falsify the moon now." Like <laughs> <laughs> this is why we this is why we invented it. Falsify the moon. <laughs> They're really banking on like holograms getting invented someday. Yeah, um, I think I think we're still using. I think we're still using the uh, the balloons. <laughs> so if we weren't using holograms, what would be powering the holograms? Uh, 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 our like, power plants now or back then? Back then, I think he's saying that back then they used whatever technology they had, which so um, so big balloons, maybe a big balloon or. Or it, I think he also is possibly saying that maybe um, technologies were being hidden from people back back then. You know, I wouldn't be surprised if he believed that. Right. So maybe they did have holograms back in the 1500s, and uh, it's lost technology, just like the lost city of Atlantis. Right. The the secret societies just just hid it from people. Um, We'd be so far ahead if we had hologram technology right now. I mean, I'm making an assumption here, but with hologram technology, we would be at least somewhat further ahead. I mean, I, I, I guess. We kind of have holograms. Um, it's questionable if we have the ability to produce a hologram as convincing in, in the night sky as the moon. Um. But anyway, we have another quote from a Shakespeare play, actually, um, from Othello. Uh, it goes, It is the very error of the moon. She comes more near Earth than she won't and makes men mad. Uh, and here, this, this uh, text is kind of referring to the idea that the moon will affect um, the minds of people. And so he says, uh, in this passage, Othello refers to one of the many myths surrounding the moon that were later proven to be false. In this case, that the moon in some way affects the minds of human beings and even has the capacity to drive one insane. Scientists have since quietly backed away from this absurd theory. Therefore, this mention of the moon can be discarded as unreliable. Sure. Sure. Let's just discard that. Which is kind of a stupid <laughs> thing to say, right? Because he's like, here, let me give you this piece of evidence and then we'll just get rid of that. We'll just discard that. Well, I mean, I mean, I mean, his idea is that um, Shakespeare mentions the moon and Shakespeare mentions that men go crazy mm -hmm. with the moon. And so his whole, I think, idea is that because we've proven that men don't go crazy because of the moon, the moon can't exist. It must not even be it there. It must not even be if there. If the moon was there, we'd be going crazy. We are. <laughs> <laughs> like, I mean, I mean, that's the conclusion that I'm coming to based yeah. on what he's trying to push here. Yeah. Um. So he goes on to say, uh, even if both of the above quotes were entirely reliable and unambiguous, there are still several reasons why this manner of proof is faulty. One, academics are currently debating whether this Shakespeare even existed. And this is, this is true. There are some theories that Shakespeare uh, was actually a collection of individuals and not a single person. Um, and many postulate that the works usually attributed to him were, in fact, written by someone else. His presumed existence could very well be a fabrication of the lunar conspiracy. Which is interesting because these quotes seem to give evidence to the moon not existing. So I don't know why the lunar conspiracy would write these quotes 
and not a bunch of quotes like, man, that moon, it's really there. It's really there. <laughs> man, that moon's there it up is. There, isn't it? <laughs> um, man, someday we're going to go to that moon. <laughs> Um, yeah, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm confused on, on his points here. <laughs> uh, anyway, so his second point is, even assuming that he did exist and that Shakespeare did write these lines, it is not clear at all that he is referring specifically to a celestial body 2,160 miles in diameter, 240,000 miles away from the Earth. No object of such specifications has ever been mentioned in the history of world literature. We must still depend on the interpretation of experts who, curiously, come from the same controlled academic institutions that brought us the moon myth to begin with. Um, so his, his like burden of proof here is he needs someone from ancient times to specifically be like, to specifically write down, there's a moon up in the sky and, and it's, it's and it is, it is this size. It's 2,100 miles away. It's this far, <laughs> it's this, this big, size. And exactly like scientifically, it um, looks like that. this. And yeah. Um, you know, there's a lot of things that I do want uh, from from literature. Um, exact specifications of of the moon is not something that I really think that I needed mm -hmm. from ancient literature. Yeah, he actually has really. Um, he says here. Uh... <laughs> Uh, in the absence of any clear mention of the moon in the history of the world, it is, which is just like really a leap to, to come to that conclusion that in the history of the world, there is no mention of the moon. He is, he, he is, he has given two examples. Yes. And he even goes on. So there's, there's a part in the Bible, which mentions the moon. And he goes on to say that um, at some point during the Bible's uh, translation and re-editing, which of course there was a lot of translations of the Bible and re-edits of the Bible throughout, you know, the 2000 years that the we're New still Testament. getting them today. Yeah. And, and people are still editing the Bible today. So he's not wrong that that has happened a lot. The Bible has been revised a lot. Um, so he's saying that during one of those revisions, someone just added in that moon line about the moon. <laughs> uh, whenever they decided to start lying that there was a moon up there. <laughs> Um, <laughs> because it didn't exist before 1066. And so he's saying, um, in the absence of any clear mention of the moon in the history of the world, it is safe to conclude that its alleged existence is nothing more than a propaganda fraud. It is safe to conclude. <laughs> <laughs> I am, however, open-minded and willing to consider evidence that I may have missed. If you know of a genuine mention of the moon, please forward it to me at madrev at reptiles.org. That's his email address. M-A-D-R-E-V at reptiles.org. Um, but it must meet the following conditions. <laughs> <laughs> the document must be original, as it should be clear from the above that lunarists have engaged in so much forgery and misrepresentation up until now, I have every reason not to trust the authenticity of facsimiles. Two, if the document requires translation, I must be shown clear evidence that tr the translator was not under any sort of institutional pressure. Um, so really, already he's saying that you have to send me an email you have send of me a legitimate, like, thousand-year-old document. So I don't know how you send a legitimate thousand-year-old document over email without taking a picture of it, which could, of course, been altered. Um, and then he's saying that he just won't trust any translator who's under some sort of institutional pressure, which would mean they went to school at some point to learn other languages, which probably any translator would have done. Right. Cause it's not like you can learn ancient Babylonian without going to school. Mm -hmm. Um, 
what is what is the third? The third one. The um, third reason. It must be clear that the document is referring specifically to a, and this is a number so large I don't know how to say it, but it's the weight of the moon. It's like. <laughs> <laughs> Oh God! It's the amount of tons <laughs> that the moon is. It's uh, hold on. It's uh, seven seven point four times ten to the nineteenth. I think tons. Uh, to a seven point four <laughs> times ten to the nineteenth ton object. Uh, twenty one sixty miles in diameter that orbits the Earth at an average distance of. <laughs> 240,000 miles. Um, I will not accept a reference to a word in a language I cannot understand with a commentary alongside that goes, see, it's the moon, stupid. So he needs, <laughs> like I said before, he needs to see in clear, plain English, specific attributes about the existence of the weight and diameter and distance the moon, distance the moon is, um, in in a legitimate document um, that you can email him. In a legitimate document that corroborates the existence of the moon from... That has not gone through any sort of, like, professional institution whatsoever. That you just, like, found on the ground and you were like, oh, this is a real document from the year 900. Yeah, like, yeah, like from <laughs> the year 900. In, and it's in modern English, it's, which, it's, by the way, did not exist in the year 900. That's so weird how they were able to get the exact weight of the moon. <laughs> I don't know how they did it. Do they bring up the scales? <laughs> I, and honestly, I don't know how today they get the exact weight of the moon. I, I don't imagine either. I imagine it's an estimate. I don't think they've weighed the moon. Um, I imagine you could do some sort of calculation to get a, a pretty close estimation. Uh, so, um, so, 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 so for all our listeners out there, <laughs> if you have this information, uh, please forward an email to madrev at reptiles.org. Uh, at, as well as to us, because because I would love to I'd have love to see proof that the moon exists. Yes, yes, because <laughs> because as you can tell here at here at Mulder was right, we're a little skeptical. Yeah, we're a little skeptical. On if it exists. Um, and and I'm glad this guy is at least you know he has somewhat of an open mind. But once you read his um, specifications, he really doesn't have an open mind. He's really just <laughs> really shutting off all your options before you even send it. Look before you send a, send an email. Make sure that anything you find does not corroborate the moon exists. <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, that is his main argument. Um, oh, so he goes on and he does talk about the tides a little bit. So like we, we know commonly that the moon affects the tides. Um, High tide, low tide. And yeah. that, it's the gravity of the moon pulling on the tides like literally pulling on the water of the ocean and pulling it up a little bit and that and that makes the water recede a little bit from the shore and that's the common understanding of, of the tides and they they're a little more complicated than that i looked into them a little bit earlier today and i'm not going to go into a, a lot of depth because i didn't really fully understand them either the sun has a little bit to do with it also and um they're kind of complicated but the moon does affect them um and so he's saying that um well, he's saying is that, well, we just don't know why the tides happen. Um, and he says there's the, an experiment you can do at home to prove that this is false. Um, take a rubber ball and suspend it above a bathtub full of water. Now slowly move the ball closer to the water. Does the level of the water change? Not even slightly. So much for the tides myth. Wait, can you repeat that, please? So he's saying that fill a bathtub full of water, yes. put a rubber ball near it, and do you see the water move? No. And so therefore, 
the moon can't be pulling on the water either. Okay, that's that's just not a fair comparison in the first place. Because You're correct. The moon Sakeep, is it's not. so much bigger. Big enough that it would actually have its own force. Like, how is this guy this stupid? <laughs> You're correct. Um, gravity is not really uh, uh, a strong force until we get to uh, really massive scales, like the scale of planets and and of the moon. Um, so a small rubber ball would not have anywhere near enough gravity to do anything to any amount of water. Um, I completely disagree. I think that clearly, <laughs> clearly, clearly, it's not working. Tides, tides aren't real. It's just whatever the water wants to do. Um, he also goes on to say, uh, like, uh, and and this th- this next point is a little more reasonable though. Is still not very reasonable um that uh if the moon is pulling on the tides how come it's not pulling all the clouds out into space um when it passes by um fair point i can see like that reasoning more than i can see the rubber ball argument but still like the the clouds just don't have anywhere near as much mass as liquid water does and so they're not affected by gravity anywhere near as much um though they are they are mass they are affected by gravity um and also j- they're just the earth is holding them in just so much stronger than the moon is. And like, uh, I'm sure the moon does have some amount of effect on our atmosphere. Um, I don't know to what extent, um, but it's not just going to pull clouds out into space because the, the earth has hold of them just fine. Uh, and he says real scientists are busy researching the true causes of the tides, but until their findings are made public, we can Take this as merely another pseudoscientific moon myth shattered by the scholarship of the revisionists. Yeah. Which he's just like talking about himself and people that agree with him. He's the mad revisionist. He's the mad revisionist. Um, and so he goes on and he says, um, so here we're getting to why would someone do this? Why would someone falsify the existence of the moon? Uh, yeah. A, a, a big question that I myself have. And so he says, need you even ask? I do. Yes. Need you even ask? The oldest motive in the world. Since the end of World War II, how many billions of dollars have been poured into fraudulent so-called space explorations? And how much of that funding was justified to the gullible public by the false excitement and later euphoria generated by the establishment propagandists over the fake moon landing? And as we now know, these moon landings were staged in a studio using cheap sets and shoddy camera equipment, no less just where we... Just where have these billions gone to over the years? So he's saying that all this money is getting funneled into so just, just to like launder money or like steal money. Is that right? The idea? It's, it's being used. The moon myth is being used to steal money from from the masses, and that it's getting funneled into NASA, NASA, which is a criminal organization, um, and that they are uh, brainwashing the population so they can funnel uh, money to the uh, secret society so they can build a new world order. We're we're just looping back to the new world order. I, I I don't know what to say. Um, you know I feel like we keep talking about the new world order frequently within episodes. I feel like at some point we're gonna have to like actually do an episode on the new world order. I yeah I I agree with you. Um, oh, oh yeah, it's gonna happen at some point. Um, that's that that's its own very long topic. There's it, a lot of there's is, a lot of stuff that and, ties back um, to that. Maybe that's something that we'll have to do something special for because it it really is just this overarching idea in like all of conspiracies. Uh, 
Yeah. But, and yeah, it kind of permeates literally everything. So it, we kind of talk, we've kind of talked about it a lot and kind of not talked about it a lot mm -hmm. at the same time. Yeah. We haven't talked about very many of the specifics at all. Yeah. Um, so his, his last question, and maybe this applies to you, Brendan and Sakif. Um, okay. But I still find all this hard to believe. Is that, that seems fair. I, I still find this hard to believe. Right. You too, Sakif. Yeah. <laughs> and so the question goes on to say, what evidence do you have that there is no moon? And so he's, and so what he's doing here, um, he says, you should be asking what evidence we have that there is one. And so he's talking about burden of proof and burden of proof is something that brings up when you're talking, um, atheists will talk about, talk about it a lot, um, in discussing the existence of God and, uh, believers in God might say that, um, can you prove that there isn't a God? And an atheist would flip that question and say, no, you are the one claiming that something exists. Therefore, the burden of proof is on you to prove that it exists. Um, and so he's doing that same thing here. He's saying the burden of proof is on you to prove that the moon exists. Um, isn't there like, you know, a phrase seen is believing? <laughs> <laughs> isn't that like, a, like right. a very long time used phrase? I was just about to say, if I go walk outside right now and I look up at the sky, I'm going to see this big, bright, white-ass object in the sky that's going to be the moon. Next thing he's going to tell me is that stars aren't real. The sun's not real. Uh, he doesn't actually go there. Okay. Well, that's good. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, okay. nighttime is not dependent on the moon. Since, You're right. Um, it's true. Nighttime is dependent on where the sun is in relation to the Earth. You are correct. Okay. That is why so, or I guess night. where the Earth is in relation to the sun. Clearly, clearly, this man here just has his hatred towards the moon, just like Anderson has his hatred towards the sun. Yeah, he he says, "Fight the moon." <laughs> Fight the moon. Well, Anderson admits that the sun exists, though. That's, that's also true. <laughs> He just hates the sun. It wasn't yeah. a perfect parallel, but uh, I think you were onto something a little bit there, Brendan. Well, thank you. Yeah, um, it's I, comparable. I like, this is an interesting question. The way he's flipping this burden of proof, because he's kind of saying that okay, it's on you to prove the moon exists, and then you say okay, it's that thing in the sky there, and then he says no, that's a hologram, and actually now he is the one making the claim. He is now claiming that as a hologram. And then the burden of proof actually becomes on him to prove that that's a hologram. And so it is a little bit of a complicated situation there, but that's how I see it working out logically. <laughs> that's how, so I still think the burden of proof is on him to prove that the thing we are seeing in the sky and all of the evidence we have received about that thing in the sky is, is false. And I we think have, we have, we've received a lot of evidence to claim that that thing is real. Right. We have a massive amount, and he is the one claiming that that evidence is false. So I still think that burden of proof is on him. In the same way that I think the burden of proof is still on flat earthers to prove that the earth is flat because we have a massive amount of evidence that it isn't. And so, and they are the ones claiming that evidence is not real evidence. And so the burden of proof is on them to claim, to, to claim that that, to prove that that evidence is false. Yes. Um, and I so completely agree. It is, it is a little bit, um, when, when he says it, it kind of makes sense. But I think if you, if you like turn it like that, it doesn't really make sense. Um, that being said, the next line 
on yes, his website. I do want to continue reading his next sentence here. Um, he says, since everyone knows that it is impossible to prove a negative, and he's technically right, it's not possible to prove a negative. That's what we were just all talking about. Um, the mere fact that we have demonstrated that the moon has no reliable eyewitnesses, no documents, and above all, no physical w evidence whatsoever should be enough to discredit this clever hoax. Nevertheless, there are some very conclusive proofs that demonstrate that the moon does not and could not exist. The next line on the website is a large hyperlink that says click here for proof. <laughs> <laughs> click it, Curtis, click it. I want to know. Um, <laughs> all right. We're going to click here for the proof. Um, so uh, I would have, I would have not been mad if it was a hyperlink straight to a Rick roll. I would be, I would be like, you know what? You got us. I mean, you got this us. This whole episode is just one long Rick roll. Um, so basically what he's saying here is um, that uh, he's still saying that like any, anything we've seen in history is false about the moon. And, and then he has this equation that Newton came up with and he's, um, it's a little confusing what he's trying to say. Um, and it would take actual knowledge of mathematics to um, prove him wrong. Um, but he's saying that, that the, the equation doesn't actually work, um, which like, I don't know if it does or not because I, I'm sure he's wrong because the moon is fucking real. But, um, but the main thing at the bottom is that he says, a cash reward of $100,000 has been offered to anyone who can send us by email conclusive physical evidence of the existence of the moon. This reward remains unclaimed. A cash reward. $100,000. All now, right. I posit you this question, Brendan and Sakif. Do you think this man has $100,000? Absolutely not. You know... I take it back. Take it back. You wow. know what? Because <laughs> I I uh, don't think he does, but at the same time, there are some weird cases out there where there are people who are so filthy rich and then they're like, hey, I don't believe in the shit that's obviously real. But they have You're right, Sakif. There, there are there some are rich, so crazy people. There are so many cases like that. There are, very, there are so many cases of rich, crazy people. I think this guy could have that $100,000. I think it's a possibility. You see, I thought Sakif was going to say, uh, like, like, as soon as he, you know, retracted his statement, I thought he was going to claim it's like Schrodinger's uh, cash prize. At the same time, <laughs> he may or may not have it. We don't know. It's over the internet. He, at, at all times, he has it and doesn't have it. I would like to see conclusive physical proof by email that this man has this much money i would as well <laughs> i need i would or, like yes i would like him to email yes. me physically all of that money physically a picture of that money we have to make sure that it's unaltered um yeah. we need to tell him that it needs to have a a, a molder was right logo somewhere on that image it needs to have today's newspaper today's in it. newspaper a um, molder was right logo printed out yep all that all, all of that. Um, and so he says, can you prove that the moon exists? Write to us at madrev at reptiles.org. Um, <sighs> so uh, his next bit here is he has some uh, 
some evidence of photographic tampering in which he has some old pictures of the moon that he just claims are tampered. Um, and that's, that's all he says about it. Um, he just like, here's a picture of the moon from the year 1850. It's probably the first picture of the moon ever taken. Um, and he just says, this is false. It could just be a bald man's head. Um, and he <laughs> goes on to say, no photographs were ever taken of the moon until the 1850s. And by the way, photography was invented in 1839. So that's not that weird, really. Because think about it. Have you ever tried to take a picture of the moon with your it's camera phone? It's so hard. It's so hard. So imagine you live, you live in the 18, you live in 1839. And you have the first like daguerreotype camera ever. And you, you couldn't take a picture of the moon. It's so hard to do. My camera phone is 14,000 times better than that camera. And it's still, and it's still so, so hard. hard. So it's not surprising that it took somebody like 11 years to, to figure it out. Um, uh, he goes on to claim that pictures um, that NASA has taken are false. Um, he has here another picture of the moon, and he's put it next to a picture of the USS Enterprise flying in, from the er in front of the Earth. Um, and he's saying, look at the similarities between this photo and this uh, admittedly computer-generated image. Um, and they are both orbs. So he's correct. You can create an orb with a computer. I, I, I am genuinely impressed. Um, so I want to get to our next, uh, bit. Um, he has here, um, this is not him, but this is someone else. Uh, a lunar revisionist performs a statistical experiment proving the moon is non-material. So it, this is like proving that the moon is like not a physical object. Um, and so this is someone who goes by, uh, N-E-L-E, -E, Nelly, or Neil. We'll call him ne Nelly. And uh, so he's so someone wrote in an email and they said, would you please name just one person having some sort of scientific credibility who has challenged the conventional notions of the moon? And so we have here this guy. And he says, me. And this is, this is again Nelly speaking, me. I have a BA in history and often do machine code programming on my old ZX-Spectrum. I guess that's a kind of computer. Uh, I even do hardware extensions. Uh, for example, he solders joystick adapters. Therefore, I qualify as an engineer and consequently can be regarded as scientifically credible. Now, this is not the bar for being scientifically credible, by the way. Whether you, you have a degree in history, which is not science... Um, you use a computer and you can solder two things together. That does not make you a scientist. Um, anyway, he goes on to say, I have done a forensic examination of the said matter. He's referring to the moon. And uh, the examination he did, I will explain it to you guys. He took a number of objects. For example, um, he said he took a stone and he has all the weights. So I'm going to take the number of objects. A stone, 125 grams. Rubber ball, 63 grams. Empty wine bottle, 280 grams. Another stone, 289 grams. Wait, are you saying that stones can be different weights? Yeah. I thought they were all just Turns a universal out. weight. And then he's got a round pebble, 140 grams. That's not a stone, though, right? Brick, slightly damaged, 1,300 grams. That's the heaviest one by far. And the last one is um, a donut, 75 grams. You see, I thought it was going to be the moon. So 74 <laughs> times, times 10 to the 19th. He, uh, he took these objects and he threw them at the moon. 
<laughs> okay. Oh my god. He threw okay. these at the moon. Okay. I I you know I for one have thrown things at the moon as well. He um and so take a guess at how many of these objects he hit the moon with. I'm gonna say I'm gonna go out on a limb here and just say all of them. Did he did he did he throw you know, Sakeep's he made, limb? He nailed it. Did that hit the moon too? Did he throw what? Did he throw your limb that you're going out on? Oh yeah. You know. Uh he he does not have a weight for that, no. Um Um you know what? I'm gonna say that none of them hit the moon. And that is evidence that the moon is a hologram because they didn't hit it. They didn't hit the moon. And and you are correct. That is the conclusion he came to. None of these objects hit the moon. He actually has here a, a, all of the objects listed, and then he has an accuracy column. <laughs> and for each item, it says 0%. So he was 0% accurate with everything he threw at the moon. You see, he did not hit the moon with anything he threw at it. <laughs> you see, the question here is, is that like he could also just be really bad at throwing. You were correct. You <laughs> could just be really bad. But this is a man who has a degree in history and uses a computer. Hold on, hold on. Um, I actually actually looked up uh, what computer that he's referring to. Okay. Uh, the ZX Spectrum um, is an 8-bit personal home computer released in the United Kingdom in 1982 by Sinclair Research. Okay. Um, it was available from 1982 to 1992. Well, that's That's 35 years ago. <laughs> when it was released. This is an old computer. 35 years ago. And and so that that means this guy should know about throwing stuff at the moon. You know. <laughs> yep. Um he says the result is obvious. If there would have been something like the alleged moon, then I would have most certainly hit it at least marginally. But each and every of my throws missed. The conclusion is without doubt that the moon is non-material, either a projection or a collective hallucination. Um and and that that's really what he thinks that that's okay that that's a real test for the moon existing you know other people have tested it too they haven't hit the moon therefore it's not real yeah. if i throw a rock at curtis i'm going to hit curtis <laughs> <laughs> he's real now your success rate won't always be there but you're you're going to hit curtis you you're right like if you throw stuff at me you don't hit me i'm not real um, yep. Um. If if I try and throw a rock or something at Sakif, I won't hit him because he's on the I'm computer screen. Therefore, Sakif is not real. So we're we're getting to the point of um. There's a couple uh people who have emailed in to uh the Mad Revisionist um who trying to get that hundred thousand dollars. Some of them are trying to get the hundred thousand dollar cash prize. Um. And some of them are agreeing with agreeing with him. Um, and we have this person here who um, uh, who's who's trying to like sort of clarify some of these these arguments and and try to rein them in a, in a little bit. Um, and he goes on to say uh, that um, I believe some of your arguments may backfire. For example, your experiments with throwing things at the moon may be used by your enemies as evidence that your arguments are not scientifically rigorous. Most people cannot throw more than a couple of hundred feet while the moon is at least a half mile up. 
<laughs> By the way, also ridiculously false. The moon is many millions of miles away. It, well, well, they, they said it's at least at least a half mile. It is <laughs> at least a half mile. Let me just. Google. They're not wrong. Distance of moon from Earth. Uh, okay, not millions. Um, two hundred thirty-eight thousand miles away. Yeah, it's at least a half mile. At least a half away. mile away. I I don't. I'm pretty sure I can't throw a half mile away. Therefore, I can't hit the moon. You're right. But if I make something to throw it more than a half mile away, I also still don't think that I will hit the moon. <laughs> so, um. He goes on to say he did, this guy does point out that the moon can be seen in the daytime um and and he's saying that um that that is evidence against the existence of the moon that really the moon should not be visible while the sun is out at the same time um and therefore that means the moon must be a hologram um uh I I I don't see the correlation there. Yeah, I don't either. Um he goes on to say that there was no moon in ancient America that um the the uh, Native Americans and Mayans and Inca peoples um, were great astronomers, but they did not have any actual moon, that that was something the Europeans uh, falsified once they arrived. So imagine you're a conquistador. You're invading South America, being you know doing a lot of horrible things, spreading the plague and all, all this that they did. Um, yeah, I don't like to imagine that I am one of those people. <laughs> well, you would also be uh, spreading the conspiracy that the moon exists while you're doing this. Um, look, it's the moon. And uh, he he says a bunch of other stuff that's not anywhere near as funny as the first thing, so I'm not going to go into it. Um, there is, uh, oh, here's another good one. Someone wrote in, this is a person who I believe is also a skeptic of the existence of the moon. Um, I'm going to read the entire thing he wrote. There's no capitalization here. I have a cousin who claimed to have touched the moon with an unusually long piece of lumber taken from the shed. If my cousin, who could be a paid actor by the government, would lie about such a thing, I would lose complete faith in everything I hold dear. That's it. <laughs> that is the entire um, message written into this website, and they thought this was legitimate enough to post on their website as well. Uh, they did not have to post this message. They did. <laughs> My cousin once touched the moon with a long stick. Um, if he's lying to me, my life would, will be in shambles, <laughs> which is really kind of sad. Hey, Terrence, the other day I got a big, I got a big stick and I touched the moon with it. What do you think of that? <laughs> Oh. Was this guy hit on the head with a rock as a kid? With that piece of lumber <laughs> that touched the moon? You know, you know, I can't say for sure that he has, but uh it, it I, I feel pretty good about it. Uh here's another person who wrote I'm... in. Hello, mad revisionist. I think I've got another very good piece of evidence that the moon is a hoax. And this is all fine grammar and capitalization, by the way. They even use a colon here. Uh have you ever watched E.T.? Can you recall the scene then where E.T. flies on its tricycle or whatever it is at night. And in the background, you see a huge moon. So huge as it has never been displayed elsewhere. Hey, these guys can't even stick to the same lie. <laughs> and then he says, uh, best regards, uh, Hans Jorg Walther. I guess that's like a Norwegian name or something. Um, I can, I can confirm that, uh, 
E.T. is not a fictional film. It is a documentary. Yeah, E.T. is a documentary, and therefore should be taken, uh, everything you see in it should be taken very literally. The moon was way too large. Yeah, the moon was way too large there. I mean, I mean, I mean that whole, I, uh, I, think it's, I think it's Amblin. I think that whole production company, they have a symbol of E.T. flying past the moon. Yep. And there you that's, go right that's, there. that's clearly actual footage of the moon once again. There you go. And um, it's small there. What the? What are they Next doing? Next to Amblin. What are they doing? So I'm just, I'm just confused why I can't see that text in the sky. Yeah, I've never seen Amblin Entertainment above the moon in the sky. Yeah, must not exist. Must not exist. Um, here's another person that wrote in. Uh, here's something else. The damned moon hoax is so unreliable that once a month you can't even see it if you try. If the moon is out there, it's out there. If it ain't, it ain't. There can be no half-assism on this issue. The moon lovers actual try to make us believe that Earth's shadow covers the damn thing. Bullshit. They're just recharging projection batteries and doing upkeep on other equipment. One day we'll be vindicated. The truth will prevail. Ed. I'm so glad that you went into an accent there because, well, I mean, because I mean, it's an email. So there's no accent, but clearly, clearly it had an accent. Clearly Ed talks that <laughs> clearly way. Clearly Ed talks We all that know way. that's the way Ed talks um, <laughs> when he's ranting about the moon. Uh, um, I, I just, I, I, I don't understand why he is putting these up on his website. Yeah. He didn't a, have to. There's a couple other ones that are... Um, that are that are kind of funny that I won't read and get into now because we're we're getting up there on time. Um, but you can feel free to go go check them out on on the website we post. Yeah, um, we'll have them linked there. We'll have them linked. Uh, the last thing I want to talk about is the more recent. Um, this is actually the only thing that's separate from that one website. Uh, this is a more recent uh, quote unquote evidence that the moon is a hologram. Um, and this is by uh, a YouTube channel called Crow777. That's C-R-R-O-W-777. And uh, what this guy has shown is um, supposedly he has shown what he's calling lunar waves. And, and what he's... He, so he's got a bunch of like kind of nice HD high-tech camera equipment. And he's uh, zooming in real close on the moon. And, and you can see in these videos... Um, that there is this wave that seems to go across the moon slowly as if it's an image that's just like being refreshed, like left to right over the moon. You'll see this line go across it and you can see it in his videos when um, you watch them and whether or not he's just falsified this, whether or not this is just a trick with his camera, he very much claims that it's not and that other people have verified these lunar waves. Um, but he's real big on it. He's he's based his whole YouTube career off these lunar waves, and he's got a lot of videos of them. It's just just lunar waves, lunar waves is, and some other conspiracy stuff, you know. Okay. Um, yeah, with one, there's usually more. Yeah, there's usually more. He 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 thinks he's got videos of um, UFOs flying in front of the moon, um, which look an awful lot like uh, drones. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> or just like airplanes flying in front of the moon. Um, okay. And he claims that uh, people in Germany have verified these lunar waves as well. Um, 
Germans, I know that they're not a big believer of the moon. Yeah. So you can check out Crow 777. Uh, that's C-R-R-O-W 777 uh, on YouTube. And you can watch these videos. They're, they're kind of interesting. And, and he's kind of like not not a complete dumbo he's got he he talks um with reasonable sentences and uh he's clearly got his information put together um because not all conspiracy theorists are are complete idiots and they're not all crazy and um some of them just get caught on an idea that they think is true and they just stick with it um so that's pretty much it for this conspiracy all right i hope you guys enjoyed it hope you guys had a good time yeah um uh, Sorry about how vehemently I was against all of this. It, it, it's you very know, reasonable it's, position it's for you okay, to take. It's The great thing about our podcast here is that it's an open forum for us to come to conclusions and and sometimes it's not true. come to conclusions, but to but to you know voice our opinions here. Some of us believe that the moon is real. Some of us don't. Some of us are probably right. <laughs> What one side of this issue is right, you know, moon's real or it's it can't not be real. both. It can't be both. Um, I feel pretty firmly in the camp that my side is right, but you know, I can't be a hundred percent sure. All of reality could be a hologram. <laughs> anyway, guys, that's its own theory. That's its own theory. Remember that, Curtis. I remember, Saki. I hope you guys had a fantastic Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving was yesterday. It was yesterday. It was yesterday. That's right. <laughs> Hope you guys had a great Thanksgiving. Um, yeah, uh, we're thankful for you guys. We're thankful for the moon. We're thankful for the moon. For the hologram that is there. For the hologram there. that is there. Yes. And we're also thankful for audible.com. Are we? We, we are, Curtis. Uh, audible.com, <laughs> if you guys don't know what that is, is um, a site where you can listen to audiobooks. Uh, it's great because. Um, if you don't like reading, um, or if you, uh, you know, don't have time to sit down and read a book, well, um, you know, audible.com has your back. They have over 180,000 titles to choose from and, uh, signing up today under our affiliate link, uh, audibletrial.com slash MWRcast means that you get a free book. Curtis, do you like books? I liked books. Yeah. Yeah. It's a free book. Um, some people don't really like telling their kids stories. So what you can do is you can go to audible, audible.com, <laughs> sign up under our link, and uh, you can download the book, uh, Good Night Moon. Good Night Moon, Brendan's favorite book. I love that. It's book. the only book Brendan's ever read. <laughs> it's the only book I've ever read. So you can download Good Night Moon, and then whenever your kid wants to or wants you to, uh, to read him a bedtime story, just you know, pull up audible.com, and uh, Margaret Wise Brown will, uh, will read your son a book or daughter. Is that the author or just a, a book reader? Uh, that is the book reader. Oh, I bet she has a nice. Or voice. sorry, sorry. That is the, that is the author. Oh. Uh, it's narrated by uh, Buffy Allen. Um, Buffy Allen. I bet there Buffy are, Allen has a nice voice. There are a bunch of other books on here, including New Moon, which also relates to the Moon. Um, it's in the Twilight series. Oh, yeah. So you can uh, listen to that. Anyway, I know that I use the service because I work a lot. So when I'm working, <laughs> I just put in my headphones and listen to a book. It's great. I like how you just said, like, I, I like this because I have a job, and I like to not do my job while I'm at my job. <laughs> <laughs> not all of us have that luxury, but you, you live a blessed life. I am able to listen to music while I work. So, yeah. Anyway, uh, once again, that link is audibletrial.com slash MWRcast. You get a free book. 
Um, and it's a free trial. If you don't like that book, you can exchange it for a new book. And so, yeah, definitely check out that. It really helps us out, too. Um, if you like us, you can find us on uh, social media at MWRCast on Facebook and Twitter, as well as that Anchor app. Tune in there. Send us an alternative fact. We will talk about it. Um, you can also find us on podcast sites such as Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play, all those places. Definitely check that out, too. Um, if you like the music, check out Christian Tadino on SoundCloud. He's got some sweet stuff. Uh, I think he's got some, like, 10-hour long stuff that is really great to listen to. <laughs> all right, great. I'm here um, for it. It's uh, it's really abstract, so so definitely check that out. I, I, I think it's cool. Anyway, uh, thanks, guys, for listening. And you we... guys can also go to our website, and uh, we post our sources on our website. So We do have a website. Out. We do have a website that was updated more recently than 2002. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> it's true. Um, also, feel free to reach, us out, reach, us, reach out to us via email at molderwasrightcast at gmail.com. Email us whatever you want, Ooh. especially if it relates to um, the... The, a physical document. A physical document exists, that the moon exists. Dated before the year 1066 uh, AD. Yes. <laughs> um, in plain English, referencing the uh, 17 quadrillion ton object that is the moon. Ver- that is the moon. That is That may or may not be real. Anyway, thanks guys for listening. <laughs> we'll see you next week. Wake, Wake up, up, people. people. <laughs>